Hello, and welcome to the Wagtails podcast. In this podcast, I invite some pretty cool people to come and sit and have a conversation with me on all things trauma, healing, education, and well-being. I basically brought this podcast to life as I know that I learn so much from the amazing people that I get to meet doing this important work. I'm excited to introduce you to our very first guest, Ronan Shoshin. Ronan is the director of the MindTune Institute. He's a counselor, a music therapist, a student of psychology, a father, and a musician at heart. We dive pretty deep into what music therapy is, the healing powers of music, what we think the education system should maybe look like to better support young people, and he provides some pretty great tips just for personal well-being along the way. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. Ronan is a great friend of mine, and ironically, I still have trouble pronouncing his name. Pretty hilarious. But jokes aside, let's dive into the episode. All right, welcome to the very first episode of The Wagtails. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super exciting to have this podcast and to have a guest come to the very first episode. Um, essentially, this podcast has started because I've realized um, that working in the field of like trauma, well-being, education, um, I get to meet heaps of really cool people and I have amazing conversations and I always learn so much from the people that I meet. Um, and I figured, why have I not been recording these conversations sooner? Um, so I'm very excited to actually launch this podcast. And today I'm joined by a very special guest and a good friend, Ronan. So welcome to the podcast, Ronan. Thank you. Thank you. I feel I feel. Uh, very happy uh, to be here and uh, yes it's much better to have a guest on your podcast than talking to yourself I agree I didn't definitely didn't want to do the whole monologue type podcast so um, yeah so this whole podcast is really going to be about good conversations wherever they go Um, but Ronan I guess I'd like to start by asking who is Ronan right now at this point in time (laughs) who is he (laughs) well he's asking himself the same question every fucking morning so um, uh, my name is Ronin or Ronen. Uh, depends uh, what part of the world you're, you're, you're from. And I'm pretty sure I said it completely <laughs> differently. It's <laughs> all so good. Uh, so I work as a counselor and a music therapist, uh, finishing my uh, Bachelor of Psychology as we speak. Um, and um, yeah, that's, that's in a nutshell. Like any, what else would you like to know about moi? Well, I think you've gone the professional route, but who are you personally yeah. as well? Uh, okay, personally. So, uh, um, well, I'm a father of two children, uh, being a musician. I've been a musician, you know, probably my whole life, most of my life, I guess, uh, from, you know, tapping on school tables and, you know, getting, uh, getting uh, in trouble for it, you know. <laughs> and not knowing there's a thing called even ADHD in the world. Um, but yeah, always, always like tapping and everything is a rhythm in my head, you know. Uh, so yeah, music always been by passion. Um, and, and psychology, like always trying to understand, um, you know, the human mind. Mm. And uh, I even remember that I came up with like this theory when I was like 20, I think, 21. Um, this this girl uh, rejected my uh, <laughs> you know my, my courting uh, and um, and yeah I was like I was very I remember I remember the feeling it was like you know blow to the ego 
And I came up with this theorem, like, uh, uh, and I remember I said something like, I just wrote it somewhere, I can't remember even where, but I said something like, um, you know, if understanding is the remedy of the mind, you know, so what is the remedy of the heart? Like, <laughs> Very so deep. I, yeah, like, it's fucking 21, I have, I have no idea even what I'm saying, but it kind of tells me that, okay, I am now uh, walking in my path, if you know what I mean. And my whole life I was like in and out of it, not sure, am I even worthy of working in this path kind of thing, you know what I mean? So yeah, um, I realized that, yeah, I, I have become who I am. <laughs> it's like, uh, which is, I think, who was it, uh, uh, Alan Watts, I think, said mm. it. Uh, not just be who you are, become who you are. Yeah, and we're like constantly becoming. Exactly. So yeah, so for your question, I'm just becoming myself. That's 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 what I'm doing mostly. I really like yeah. that answer. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I guess one of the main reasons I really wanted to interview you yeah. and have this conversation with yeah. you is I always learn from you when we when we talk about the field and the Likewise. work we're doing. Um, and I really love that you're playing in the space of music therapy mm. because I feel like it's pretty unique. Um, and I personally like have a lot of belief in using music. Um, I've worked with a lot of young people who've experienced trauma and mm. I can see the benefits yeah. when we yeah. use rhythm. We use musical instruments with yeah. them. Yeah. Um, so I was wondering, could you like explain to people like what is music therapy? Yeah. Um, yeah, and just some of the benefits maybe that you've noticed as well. Um, sure, I can try. It's, it's, it's a very broad uh, you know, subject. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess music therapy is one of those things where you have to talk a lot to explain what it is. And mm-hmm. uh, that's why I also became a counselor, just so I said, I'm a, I'm a counselor. Like, <laughs> if you don't understand music therapy, just fucking counselor, that's it. But yeah, music therapy, I guess it's like, um, you know, just like we're extracting, um, you know, medicine out of a plant, out of something natural. Music therapy is the same kind of thing. We're extracting the medicinal and therapeutic. Uh, you know, properties out of something so natural and so obvious like music. Um, and thank, you know, thanks to uh, fMRIs now and, 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 and a big body of research that is only growing and growing, especially with the renaissance of uh, psychedelic therapy, uh, I think music is, is really getting the, um, the acknowledgement and, uh, you know, uh, the respect that... Um, uh, it deserves. Uh, mm. that, that's in my humble opinion. So mu- in music therapy, yeah, we use base in, in a nutshell. We use uh, we use kind of the right brain, you know, the right side of the brain, the the kind of creative um, uh, part of the brain when talk therapy reaches a dead end. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you know um, talk therapy just just stops stops working or doesn't work. Uh, if you have a nonverbal, or if we're talking about deep trauma, that mm-hmm. you know the left side of the brain, the semantic uh, um, side of the brain doesn't want to go there, or, the, yep. or, or cannot articulate what, what's going on because you know the trauma is so repressed. So what we do is uh, with music therapy, we kind of hack the, the system. We hack the brain by going through the um, the creative side. So mm-hmm. we like, okay, we're not going to talk about it, but let's you know let's write about it. Let's let's sing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good example is um, what's happening with Bruce Willis. So Bruce Willis, die hard, one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, eight. Uh, <laughs> nah, just one, one to three, I think. Great, great actor. And, and you know, my, my heart really broke when I heard that uh, 
uh, Bruce Willis is actually suffering from aphasia, mm -hmm. which is a known um, uh, brain disease, uh, sometimes caused by a stroke, sometimes caused by a brain damage. So basically, it's, it's a part in, in, in your brain, the, I think the auditory uh, cortex, um, where words uh, stop having meaning. So they, or the meaning get mixed up. So for example, if he's asking for a spoon, he might say, pass me the pen. Mm -hmm. Uh, so what happened with these people? Because people don't understand what they're saying, they stop talking. So, and that, that's where the deterioration starts happening. With Bruce Willis, as an actor, that's a, it's a very crucial thing in, in his career. So with aphasia, <clears throat> music therapy actually, um, um, what music therapy does with, with um, uh, people that have aphasia is uh, they, we, we teach people how to um, uh, sing sentences basically mm -hmm. wow. so, yeah so instead of saying what what they want to say um, and again you hack the brain with you know okay now we're in the creative zone so it's okay and and then we're using uh, a different route mm. so a different part part of the brain and yeah and you can see case studies you can even watch it on YouTube live it's amazing where people who you know couldn't speak or couldn't say certain sentences they can sing it so yeah, it sounds silly. <laughs> Not <laughs> sounds, at all. No, it's, yeah. it's fascinating. Yeah, of course, but but it sounds like you know part of like a music like a well, musical. Well, I mean, it could sound silly. It's <laughs> yeah, like, like imagine him singing for the. Yeah, series. exactly. Your life become a fucking Broadway show. You know, it's like uh, pass me the soul. <laughs> you go get it yourself. You know. So yeah, um, with that, you could see how music. Mm. That's just a very small example how music therapy is you know working. Yeah, with, with, yeah. With the you know hardcore diseases yeah. yeah you're kind of mentioning like hacking the brain like it's like hacking the brain yeah. with music therapy yeah i'm like really curious because i guess at the very base level with the kids that i've worked with yeah. we were kind of almost trying to hack the nervous system yes. so it's like they're really dysregulated and heightened yes. and like yeah. um and we're trying to send messages to them that they're safe and like rhythm can actually show them that yeah. they're safe and like lower some of the things going on in the nervous system yeah um have you seen sort of things like that around trauma or have you had any clients that have experienced trauma mm. um and different like stages because i guess i'm just talking about regulation like regulation is pretty base level yeah um but what have you seen as like any transformation when it comes to trauma um yeah um well i, I can think of you know uh one of my um uh, one of my best clients i guess you know <laughs> uh she's a stroke survivor and um uh, she, um, yeah, she suffered a stroke six years ago, which left her uh, paralyzed, um, and only her left left hand is working, and and her sharp mind, of course, um, and um, so I guess her traumatic experience is, is a bit is a bit different. Um, uh, what happened with her after thirty years of relationship? Her partner just uh, kind of blocked her, and and basically after the the stroke, he basically just. Uh, um, and disappeared from her life, leaving her in a very vulnerable, fragile mm -hmm. state with not even a, not even a closure. Uh, and she came to me because she wanted to uh, write a song about it, mm. which is another kind of um, um, you know another way of, of, of music therapy uh, to deal with trauma or deal even dealing with just a very complex and heavy emotion that manages you. So with music therapy or, or in, in that in that case, we are transforming that emotion mm. into a song. So what we do is uh, first we unpack it. We unpack the you know the the, the emotion and, and everything that is uh, surrounding it. How do you do that? 
like if you're saying you unpack it so unpack it it's that would be the counseling session yeah so okay. you know we talk about it we we try to understand you know the feeling like what she feels around it and and you know give give validation to the feelings and, yep. and just kind of it's like you put them on on the table yeah so you take them out of wherever they are and just lay them laying down and really like dealing with them um, and then after we you know we have all that material we have all the, the blocks we can start arranging it in a, in a way of a song so mm. anything that you put a rhyme on it will sound you know a bit it's more manageable it's know? almost playful isn't it to make it, a rhyme exactly and and we, we see it in songs like some mm. songs are you know that, that's the whole beauty of uh, you know that, that uh, matchmaking between melody and lyrics mm -hmm. uh, there's some songs that have this like you know jolly happy um, um, melody I think Beach Boys were <laughs> masters of that they used to like have this uh, you know kind of uh, cool surfy but very dark lyrics yeah yeah some of those uh, yeah some of their songs are like talk about dark themes uh, but that's the beauty of music it just makes things more manageable mm. so uh, you know a lot of a lot of the time the analogy used is, is giving birth mm. probably heard like you know when uh, musicians talk about the songs and you know they, they get this question that most musicians hate uh, <laughs> what's your favorite song and then there was oh they're like my children I can't choose and then yeah, there's truth in it. Um, songs are like, yeah, you give birth to something. So with, with, with that client, yeah, we basically transformed that, that com complex emotion um, uh, into, into a song and we use, uh, you know, rhyming and, and, and just using like really basic, the basic uh, methods of uh, songwriting, you know, if it's rhyming, phrasing, and and yeah, and then then it's it's possible to deal with that emotion mm. and, and kind of you know look at it, and and but then we take it to we, we take it one step fur further where I produce the song for her, so we produce the song together. So we, we decide on the melody and the theme and what's going to what's going to sound like. Uh, so then she has a song. See, she had, instead of having a trauma, mm. she has a song. Mm. Um, and when I, I asked, like, how do you feel when you play that song? Is it like, is it revisiting the trauma? Uh, or is it um, like, what, what do you feel? And she said, I feel proud. So she has like an, an achievement now. You know, she, she's proud of the song now. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so you have this transformation from, you know, tra traumatic experience or, you know, a complex feeling to pride. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It's using a few modalities there too because yeah. it's like there's a lot of science behind journaling. Yes. Um, you know, to to kind of help yourself process emotions because it's kind of goes from being stuck inside you to being external to you and on a page in front of you. Yeah. Um, but you're taking it even further than that because you've got the element of music involved yeah. as well. So, yeah. very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, there's a thing like, you know, creativity is only preserved to the gifted and the, mm. you know, the music is like, no, like if, if you have something to say yep. and you're genuine about it, that's poetry. Poetry is anything. Mm. Uh, and, 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 you know, she's not a singer. Obviously, you know, her, her speech got got heavily affected by the, the stroke. Um, so I recorded her, um, you know, doing spoken word with that song. So basically rapping it. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, it's just... Um, her way of expressing herself and that is also giving validation and giving um, yeah that self-expression I, I can do that and, and now we're working on our third song so we basically yeah, we, we're about to release like an LP with five songs of, of all, her, all of her experiences 
And and this this lady, she's amazing. Like she used to be uh, a model. She used to uh, catwalk, you know, on the catwalks of, of Paris and Hong Kong. Uh, crazy life story. Being a stylist, she's like, uh, um, um, you know, her, did her masters in, in fine art and, and history and really so much to say and so much to to give and that mm. already gives meaning to her life mm. purpose mm-hmm. she's not just a person in a wheelchair you know getting stoned every day yeah she's someone with a purpose with a meaning and she has an outlet she has like a you know there's a channel for her to broadcast herself to the world i guess mm. amazing mm. so you do yeah. a lot of like one-on-one work with clients yeah. do you ever do group sessions or is there any way that music therapy can work in a in a group setting yeah 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 i do um thank you for asking <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> uh, it's funny when you're doing a podcast like i already know the answer but yeah, hey exactly. the listeners exactly deserve yeah, to know. exactly let's let's uh, break the fourth wall for a second here <laughs> Like, uh, I feel like we spoke about those things uh, <laughs> countless times. But, uh, but, yeah, I guess, you know, people need to know. People need yeah. to know. Uh, do they? Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I've been doing, like, music therapy workshops in schools for um, for students, um, uh, primary, primary school students. I've done some high school as well. And, yeah, in, in a group setting, um, I use buckets as drums. So kind of, uh, and, and that is like using the modality of unison, mm. of playing music together into, like like you said, the regulation of, of one rhythm mm. and just that feel of togetherness. And there's even a research that uh, showed uh, that when after, four, I think, 40, 40 minutes of drumming, of group drumming, um, um, I think it's um, cancer-killing cells are actually uh, being produced uh, like higher than the normal rate. Amazing. Okay, after yeah, after like forty minutes and about there's something happening in the body where there's again I don't know like the 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 scientific terms to it, but yeah, something's happening in the body where it's mm-hmm. like releasing all this you know um, cancer killing cells. Yeah. So um, yeah, we do that and we also do a thing called GIM, which is guided imagery in music. Um, where I allow, like, basically I allow them to see the music. I, I kind of ask um, a que- you know, silly question of, uh, first I start with, like, who likes music when I go to schools? And, you know, all the kids, ah, me, 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 me. Uh, and then I ask them who does not like music. And, in, and, and it's like a complete silence. Yeah, you have know? you ever had a no? Well, <laughs> maybe once with someone who really want attention, you know. Oh, yeah. But yeah. they're all looking around, like, because they, 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 even they know that, like, who's, who's going to dare, you know. <laughs> uh, and that's why I tell them, I'm like, yes, it's a silly question because it's like me asking you who doesn't like breathing. That's how uh, primal music mm. is. You know, it starts in the womb where, where the baby can hear the mother's uh, uh, heart rate. Mm. And music, you know, there was, yep. um, yeah, there was a, a research about uh, with uh, pregnant women yep. that went to, uh, you know, trans parties and doof and, and they could see um, a much higher activity mm. with, with, the, with the baby uh, where there's like that kind of um, um, music because trans is like 140 BPM. It's a very fast music mm. and you can see that the baby reacts to it. Mm. So they can hear. Yeah. Um, so with GIM, it's very interesting because... Uh, I think this is like kind of the cornerstone, cornerstone of music therapy. 
um, that was invented by Helen Bonney. Okay, it's called the Helen Bonney method, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's a cool story. Do we have time for a story? We do have time for a story. <laughs> Let's go there, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls. It is story time. So yeah, they, this um, I th- I feel like this is kind of gave birth to you know the modality of, of music therapy in a way. Um, so this this is uh, happening in the fifties. This is like the LSD experiments of mm-hmm. the fifties. Um, they were running, you know, the, the experiments back back then, and um, they found out that that during the therapy, um, they need something to soften the, you know, the the, the environment because, uh, yeah, they were giving those poor people like heroic <laughs> fucking dosage of, of LSD, and, and yeah, and yeah, people were like dealing with trauma, and it was like getting very Pretty intense, very intense. Uh, so the head of the research thought it would be a good idea to introduce music, mm. just to bring music into the therapy just to kind of um, you know tone it down and then make it make it a little bit more pleasant uh, and he, he yeah basically he asked Helen Bonney that was she was a psychologist and a pianist uh, to join in and play music and she was excited because you know it's like playing with the big boys and you know she was very um, so they brought in live music it wasn't just like let's play records it no was, no yeah, yeah she she was playing like her live piano music. live yeah, yeah live, live uh, piano music and uh, and yeah she was part of part of the of, of the sessions and then one day one day um, <laughs> a woman came she was the wife of uh, one of the patients mm-hmm. and um, she really wanted to know what's going on in the session she said she she introduced herself she said I'm a you know, wife of, of one of your patients I see that my husband is going through all these those changes and I really want to know what's going what, what do you guys do to him uh, so the head of research said look we can't give you the the dose we you know you're not a patient here so I'm not sure how we can can show you and, and then Helen Bonnie kind of jumped in and said, you know what, I think I can show you what we do, but without the dose. So what Helen did with, with that lady, um, she basically um, ran a session with her without the LSD, but she just put her in this kind of uh, meditative state, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of like a dream state, you know, that, that almost subconscious dreamlike state with meditation mm-hmm. and she played music to her so she she chose um certain classic classical music that will have changes and and kind of uh you know a release and um uh, crescendos uh to invoke imagery mm-hmm. w- uh, within uh, this lady and she would write everything that the lady would explain like kind of describe so during the session There'll be music playing and Helen will take notes and the lady will just explain what she sees, you know, in that kind of hypnotic state. Uh, And Helen was, yeah, recording everything. And uh, then she compared the notes from that lady, the the, the sessions with the lady, compared with the notes of the LSD patients. Mm -hmm. And she saw striking similarities with with the imagery and and what was going on. And she kind of realized, okay, I'm onto something here. I, I can, you know... Um, go go with this go through this therapy without LSD. Mm, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And that's where how GIM guided imagery and music uh, was born, really. Yeah. 
uh, in, in those yeah back in the 50s in those LSD experiments yeah amazing yeah, yeah. I yeah. actually just like feel really bad for Helen Bonnie because like did she play music the whole trip because like that could be a good like eight hours of just sitting yeah, there yeah, playing yeah, piano yeah, for yeah. someone yeah yeah no in, in that case she actually played from her like a record player yeah because she had to write as well mm-hmm. so yeah uh, imagine <laughs> one hand playing music like classical and one hand writing and, like, yeah she should be in the circus <laughs> Um, so yeah. what kind of outcomes have you seen for students in schools then through your workshops? Um, well, yeah, this is a feedback I would get from the teachers, actually. Mm. And um, they, yeah, they would report, report back to me and saying um, that ki- the kids were like a, excited, but also regulated for the day. So they were alert, like kind of like it's so funny with kids. Kids don't need psychedelics because they are. They are embodiment of psychedelics. Absolutely, their imagination is just exactly. That's what they say. You you cannot hypnotize a kid Mm. because they are already in a hypnotic state. Yeah. See, we they they get out of it as as we grow older. We kind of get out of it. That's why we have to you know use drugs and whatever. Kids don't need it. Yeah. Like you know they have imaginary imaginary friends. You know, yeah. every day. Uh, my daughter used to have five of them. <laughs> One called Chelsea for some reason. Um, so, yeah, um, with kids, it's um, it's much easier. And also when I run the GIM with kids, the, the, what, the stories that they come back and tell me is like, just amazing. Um, so, yeah, with, um, with kids um, in, in, in the school, like, Teachers will um, would kind of um, report that uh, they will be alert, like that they will be concentrating in, in the work, but also calm. So mm. they don't like you know lose their shit every every two seconds. If, even the kids that would have uh, more of, you know ADD or ADHD yeah. uh, problems will be like much more grounded for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that. Yeah, it's not going to last for the whole week. Then you know, <laughs> they have to come back and do the whole thing again. Is there any way that teachers can like use just a little bit, yeah. like throughout the day? Like, what could they implement that could work? Yeah. Um, without having to, you know, have a music therapist come in every morning to regulate course, them and get them course, focused. Of course, of course. And th- this is part of yeah of what I do with uh, um, MindTune is is my uh, my baby, my my little business, uh, MindTune Institute, where I. I'm gladly sharing, you know, my bag of tricks with with teachers and mm-hmm. give them uh, the very simple music therapy tools that they can use. You don't have to be a musician to to run the uh, um, run those sessions. Um, and uh, and yeah, there are, there are various tools that anyone can use. Um, an example uh, would be a creative writing. Like let's say you know uh, a teacher will. Uh, teach about history okay mm-hmm. which could be you know sometimes could be a heavy subject and kids will zone out or yeah could uh, be a bit dry sometimes exactly so so why not you know let, let the kids at the end for example uh write a, a rap song about it and, and i just give them the, the basic tools of what is a rap song which is like involved you know uh with it it involves um phrasing rhythm mm-hmm. and, and rhyming simple and I, I break it down like really to one two three four and I even start with a simple question that not many people know the answer which is um, well let's see if your audience <laughs> yeah, now I'm nervous <laughs> yeah, the question for the audience uh, what does rap stands for like R-A-P silence 
<laughs> Crickets. Give them a chance. Give them a chance yeah, to answer. <laughs> no, it's your chance. You need to answer. So yes, I, I, it's it's a cool party trick, you know. RIP what it stands for. So RIP stands for rhythm and poetry, really. So rhythm, we understand the rhythm, and I I just you know give them the the four four rhythm, which is the most basic rhythm. One, two, three, four. And, and how, how to phrase, what is phrasing, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, putting syllables on, on the beat. Uh, and then the rhyming, like you can rhyme, you know, line one, line two, then, then another rhyme with three and four, or one, three, two, four, whatever. There's so many uh, ways, but really the, the basics of writing a rap song. And then when, when they can give that to the kids, the kids, they, they like have a, a creative um, placeholder, you know, mm. it's like a creative framework. And mm. then they happily, they will happy to pour knowledge into that. But if it's like just abstract and like, okay, you know, or they test them, put it, put it in an exam. So the framework is very, very different. Mm-hmm. You see, what if the framework is not, it's not threatening. Like, you know, with a spoonful of sugar, the medicine goes down. Yes, there is a medicine, which is knowledge, and they need to know the facts. But you coat it with sugar, with rhymes, with mm-hmm. rap, with a beat. Then, yeah, kids would gladly do that. So it's, it's, it's about luring them Amazing. into it. Yeah. yeah. Sounds a lot more fun than just, like, reading a book about history, you know? Ah, for sure. For <laughs> every kid thinks that he's a Snoop Dogg, you know? Like, <laughs> just without the swearing and the yeah. weed smoking. <laughs> so I know that you were a teacher previously yeah. as well. Yes. Um, and we are talking about schools and we're talking yeah. about, yeah. you know, kids yeah. in school. Um, if you could, yeah. like, see school changing for the better in a particular way, mm. what would you recommend? Like, if you could just name one thing that schools could do differently. Uh. Uh, fire 98% of your teachers. Let's start with that. <laughs> no, no, 98, 95. Now, what I want to see, I just want to see teachers that have true passion for teaching. And I don't want to see, you know, the dinosaurs that, you know, the mommy's job, the easy job, the nine to three, whatever. Um, you want to see more people with passion. And how would you see that? by changing everything the whole system need to change Mm -hmm. so because you know schools are still running as a post industrial revolution you know it's like factory Mm -hmm. you know employees making basically teacher projecting knowledge into like 20 kids like yeah seriously those kids have chat gpt in their palm of the hand they know everything about everything so i want to see the flip flipped classroom mm-hmm. where kids you know um, are driven by passion by what really interests them for example um, there's so many ways of teaching geometry you know you know how much geometry there is in skateboarding crazy I, I've been you know I, sometimes I walk my dog St. Kilda <laughs> skate park we, we walk around and I saw this this girl trying to to get this uh, the streak going and she was like trying and failing and trying and failing and trying and failing and I was intrigued, so I asked her, like, what are you trying to, what are you trying to do here? Um, and she told me about this, this trick, and she has to, and she's failing because she's not in the right angle. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. This is like full-on yeah. geometry happening yeah. here. So just one example, you know, like, yeah. think outside of the box. More mm-hmm. creativity, and, and we don't have much of it because the poor teachers, they're bombarded with, you know, stiff mm, curriculums and, 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 you know, like it's, I feel like there's way more, and this is why I moved out of, of teaching mm-hmm. into well-being. I'm like, 
like I don't think kids need to be taught um, you know what fucking I don't know Louis the third said in the fucking 1700 <laughs> then maybe we should teach them how to cope with their emotions yeah maybe we should teach them how to believe in themselves yeah you know well-being is like a buzzword they were all oh, mm. well-being well-being this well-being that but what do you do really two mm. hours a week that's what they're getting mm-hmm. uh, write a journal about your meditation they have a journal but they give them a journal but they don't do anything with it mm. two hours a week really mm-hmm So, yeah, yeah more, more of that, like, you know, um, I would like to see yeah, more creativity, more, more real emphasis on well-being, and, and enough with the VCE and ATAR and all mm. that shit, like, who cares? Yeah, you've who raised cares? some very powerful points there, yeah, I think. Yeah, like, yeah, like the future's all about, you know, empathy and, like, exactly. powerful emotional skills. Exactly. Those poor kids, like, we, we are really lying to them. Like, we are... Really, we, we, we are, it's like we're conning them because we said to them, oh, learn, study hard, and get a job. And like, that's bullshit because a kid now, okay, a kid now will, will go and, um, you know, study four or five years to be an accountant because, you know, it's a, it's a steady, solid job. <laughs> Guess what? In one year, AI, will, they will come up with an app that will do all their accounts and all their accounts will become obsolete. Like graphic designers are shaking in their boots already. And, you know, and content writers shaking in the boot mm-hmm. because of ChatGPT. So we learned that the only constant is change. Mm-hmm. And we need to teach those kids how to cope with change. Yeah. Because change is going to come, yeah. whether they like it or not. Yeah, I think you've raised, like, a really good idea there mm-hmm. where schools are almost preparing kids for the workforce or for particular jobs. And, like, choose your subjects so you can get ready for a job. Mm-hmm. But what you're kind of highlighting here is they just need to get ready to be a human being in, the, exactly. like, the world that's constantly changing around them. Exactly. Yeah. An adaptable cool. human being. Yeah. Emotionally. Yeah. So, yeah, they just need to learn psychology, basically. From, yeah. From 9 to 3.30, just about themselves. Yeah, you that know? would be amazing. Like, it just... Could like, be a hard, hard school to be in sometimes, but it'd be yeah, pretty amazing. Yeah. Just daydream for, like, you know, five hours. You know? <laughs> just sit there and fucking daydream, you know? <laughs> um, So, we're coming close to the end yeah. of our time together. Yeah. And we're going to move into what I call, like, um, we're going to do this every podcast as well. So I'm going to give you, like, five questions just to kind of get towards our end. And the way it's going to work is you literally just have to go with your gut answer. Don't overthink. Try and have a short answer and just say what comes to mind. Okay, this is a test. Like, how spontaneous (laughs) am I? Oh, look, I know that you've done spoken word and stand up and things like that before. So this shouldn't be too hard for you. (laughs) So question one, what did you want to be when you were a kid? Ooh. See, I'm already thinking. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of thinking going It's so on. funny. Like, I, I want to be a lawyer. Oh, really? A fucking lawyer. That's so interesting. I, I would not have guessed that. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah, but probably for the wrong reasons. But I remember the, the lawyer <laughs> always came back. I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm I, curious. Where did that one come from? Um, I think being poor and like growing up in a like, you know, a kind of a crime, you know, um, a criminal environment. Maybe, you know, like lawyers were like the, the ones get you out of trouble. Yeah. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe that would be useful. So everyone needs a lawyer. Exactly. And a mechanic. It's either, either or. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And I also want to be a mechanic at some point. So it's, yeah, that's I a want, useful person to have. I just, yeah, I just want to be a good friend to someone. <laughs> a good friend to someone. So that's a nice answer. You wanted to be a good friend. You were just trying to find the, the job title. No, nah, I think I just want money. Because <laughs> we were poor. Yeah. Number Please. two, yeah. what are your two top values? Okay, I choose Ooh. two. Okay. Uh, humor, mm. 
humor and um, yeah, respect. Amazing. Respecting other people, not judging, basically the, the non-judgmental kind yeah, of respect. Yeah, absolutely. Like bow down to me, bitches, but kind of being <laughs> non-judgmental. Yeah. And humor, like respecting find, others. Yeah. Yeah, and find the humor in everything. Amazing. I'm sure that really works with your clients as well. I hope so. <laughs> Um, all right, next one. This one's pretty fun. And yeah. um, for those people listening at home, I haven't disclosed that um, this is a huge passion of mine, but we're going to talk about boxing in this question. Oh, but this is going to combine our two interests here, actually. So question three is, if you were going to have a boxing fight, yeah. what would be your walkout song? Oh, wow. Nice. That's cool. Like, yeah, it's like automatically. It has you know, to be your gut feeling. Yeah, I know, but okay. Um because it's so it's so cliche. It's like it's like I'm thinking Eye of the Tiger, of course, because <laughs> boxing, and you know. Uh, but my uh, let me think about it, because yeah, this is this is a good question. I want to give you a good answer. So my workout song, what would be that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a hard question. <laughs> wow, especially asking a musician that guy. It's so cruel. It's <laughs> such a cruel question because I know I'll be judged by by this by my answer. Okay, um, uh, what will be, I think it will be, okay, it will have to be a Frank Zappa song, okay, Frank Zappa, and um, maybe, okay, it will be, <laughs> there's so many, but okay, what, uh, okay, there's one song, it's called Broken Hearts Are For Assholes, <laughs> And and maybe I'll just change the lyric to Broken Joes are for assholes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> broken Joes are for assholes. And then yeah, if the if I get to break someone's jaw, then they get to be the asshole. I think you answered pretty well. Like I think it took you about forty five seconds. It took me about two weeks when ah, I had to choose one. Okay. So you know, You're I so think you did all right. Second. I, I felt like I'm, I was like really wriggling here in the chair. No, you did well. Okay, I think that one's going to get everyone. Thank you. All right, question four. Yeah. If you could collaborate with anyone in the field, mm. like if you could work alongside someone, produce something, create something, do a music therapy session with yeah. them, dead or alive, who Ooh. would it be? Yeah, Frank Zappa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a bit Sorry, of a thread I'm, going I'm, here. I'm stuck with that. No, part. that's I, fine. Yeah. All right, <laughs> and our last question. If you could make just one recommendation for everyone as to what they should do around healing, so a yeah. step that every person should take towards healing, what would it be? Uh, well, yeah, it's back to the base, the basics, which is uh, yeah, know thyself. You mm. know, uh, yeah, people need to kind of um, just stop what they're doing, <laughs> really, just stop, and first verify or, or find out who are they. I know it sounds very cliche, it's very big, but there's like this constant race from, you know, the parents' expectation, school expectation, mm. high school, and da, 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 and uni, and boom, and then, and yeah. then. It's like people don't just stop and, and just, but, and, and even like career finding, like there's not enough, in that world of, of really helping a person find who they are. Mm. Um, and again, it goes back to what we spoke before um, with, you know, the schooling system where we always, everything is directive. It's like, we'll direct you. To yeah. It. It's like, stop directing them. Let them, let them just be, you know, and, and find who are they or who they're not. Yeah. You know, or, and if you can't find who you are, okay, 
go the other way. Find out what you're not. Mm, I like or, that. You know what you hate, mm. because and this is this is a um, a line that I I kind of um, I, I quote this guy a lot. Um, he's a uh, this Spanish philosopher from like the 1700s or something, Baruch uh, Spinoza, and he, he he says the following: We don't um, want what we love; we love what we want. So it all starts with your will. And if you can't find what you want, find what you don't want mm. and start eliminating. Okay, this shit that you hate, eliminate. Get rid of it. And maybe then you'll find the things that, you know, you actually want. Um, so, yeah, that process needs to be, um, I think, given more respect. Mm, I love that. I think yeah. that that's an amazing tip because that one is free. It's you know, free. no one needs to go pay for that one. No. no yeah. No. So that's a very powerful one. So it's been amazing having you as my first guest. I'm so grateful. Uh, thank you, thank you. So Ronan, how would people find you if they want to follow up, if they want to know more about mm, the Mind Tune sure. Institute? What can they do? They should go to mindtuneinstitute.com.au. Amazing. Uh, that, that's my website. And uh, yeah, you'll see my ugly mug there. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's... Um, and. That's where they can find about music therapy, about uh, even even psychedelic therapy integration. Mm. Uh, very very exciting things happening in our world right now, world of, of, of psychology and counseling, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm I can't wait to see where where, where it's going to go. We might have to have you back to talk more about the psychedelic therapy as well at some point. Anytime. Do you have any parting words or anything you'd like to finish with before we close off? Um, sure. You know what. Um, since we mentioned that guy twice, let's mention him three times. <laughs> so, Frank Zappa. <laughs> <laughs> I basically just set you up because I knew you yeah, were yeah, close yeah. to this. No, I sound like I'm, I'm obsessive about him. But yeah. He's, Look, he's, if people take one thing from this, they might just start listening to Frank Zappa. Exactly, exactly. Oh, there's so much to listen to. Weird fucking music, but <laughs> cool stuff. So, I give a quote from, from, from Frankie. Um, he, he says the following. Um, information is not knowledge. Knowledge is not wisdom. Wisdom is not truth. And truth is not beauty. And beauty is not music. And music is the best. <laughs> Thank you so much.